This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. We are wondering what is happening to the world. Everything is changing. The very idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Our bodies will be so high-tech, we won't be able to really distinguish between what's natural and what's artificial. Inside our own heads is the most complex arrangement of matter in the known universe. You might ask yourself, can we get to be superhumans? As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny, and you're on the Patriot Cause. I hope every one of the great listeners of the Patriot Cause had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And that holiday, like I said in the podcast, is awesome because it is an American tradition. It reminds us of the thankfulness of what God has given us in this country compared to the rest of the world. Yes, I'm telling you, compared to the rest of the world. No other country on the planet has had the blessing of our God like America has. But what I want to do tonight is change a little bit. Not much, but just a little bit. I'm not going to talk about the communism in America, the politics in America. What I'm going to talk about is the world. What is actually happening in the world? 99% of the population has no clue what the other 1% of the elite of the world is doing. So we're going to talk about that tonight. To start off, I'm going to read you a Bible passage from the Tower of Babel, Genesis 11, 1 through 9. And let me know if this is not happening today. Because it is. I know it is. I know it in my heart. I believe this is what's happening today. 
So let's go back to 2200 BC when the Tower of Babel was constructed. God said, nope, it ain't going to happen. You are not gods. You're not going to be gods. And he dispersed the people in that world at that time. So let's start off by reading this passage from Genesis 11, 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinor and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and bitterman for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops to the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. I'm going to stress this, impossible for them. We'll talk about that soon. Come, let us go down, and they will confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. That is the holy word of God in Genesis 11, 1 through 9. So what does it actually mean? What was God telling us? The meaning of this specific passage in the scripture of God's words is this. The descendants of Noah were living in an area of Mesopotamia in Babylon. They settled in a land named Shinor. The population was growing and they all spoke one language. The people decided to build a tall proud symbol of how great they had made their nation. The Babylonians wanted a tower that would reach to the heavens so that they could be like God and that they would not need him. They began to construct a great ziggurat. God did not like the pride and arrogance in the hearts of the people. God caused the people to suddenly speak different languages so they could not communicate and work together on the tower. This caused the people to scatter across the land. The tower was named the Tower of Babel because the word Babel means confused. 
This story is a powerful reminder of how important it is to obey God's word and not think that we can build a successful but godless life on our own. I'm going to play some clips from the world elite in this world explaining how the world is changing. It's called What is the Fourth Industrial Revolution? And when we get back from the break and you listen to these clips, maybe you can understand how the world is going right back to what happened in the Tower of Babel when the world eliminates God from their heart. They have to replace it. And the world is replacing God with technology and their ability to think that they can solve all our problems, physically, mentally, etc., in this world. This is Satan. This is the evil one infiltrating at a level that has never been known before in the history of the world. And technology is what he is using to reunite all of the globe against the Holy God. We'll be right back. my heart 
go on beating Why do these eyes of mine cry? Welcome back, Patriots. Is it the end of the world? Look, I don't know. I'm not trying to predict the end of the world. I'm not this, you know, biblical philosophy individual that says that I can determine when the world's going to end. Jesus Christ told us, you never know the day. And that's what I believe. But what I also understand is what is happening in the world compared to what the Bible tells us. And I'm cautious. And I discern. I read the word, see what's happening, and I discern what's happening. And that's what you need to do. That's why I have peace in this world. Because I'm discerning what's happening. I read the word of God. And I have total comfort. People that do not understand the truth of this world being created by a holy God, they're the ones that are going to, one, be surprised with anything that happens. And two, they have no clue it's even coming. So let's continue on with this. What is the fourth industrial revolution? So the next clip I'm going to play for you is what I call how we want to live. And you can get the full YouTube video of this complete presentation in the show notes. What is the fourth industrial revolution? And the bottom line is the elitist is driving this world. But they're driving it into what I would call the biblical understanding of how the world has to go. So they're pushing the world into what God told us was going to happen. So take a listen to how we want to live. The original Industrial Revolution was driven by the discovery that you could use steam engines to do all kinds of interesting things. But that was followed by additional revolutions for electricity and computers and communications technology. We're now in the early stages of the fourth Industrial Revolution, which is bringing together digital, physical, and biological systems. One of the features of this fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing, but it changes us. With the ability to visualize brain activity, for example, through a simple consumer-based EEG device, it gives us access to ourselves in ways that we've never before thought possible. It unlocks the black box that is the brain and enables us to um, really, truly be able to uh, realize an identity that is aspirational. 
there's now a scientific foundation for the effects of mindfulness on the brain, on the genome, on biological aging. And when the human mind does know itself, then you get the potential for a new renaissance that restructures itself in terms of our relationship to life, our relationship to the planet, our relationship to work. We need a different economic model. And by that, I don't mean capitalism versus communism. What I'm talking about is a shift in the system along the lines of the two big changes that happened in the 20th century, Keynesianism, with a much greater focus on health and education and the role of government working with business, and then a reaction against that in late century to neoliberalism, where the focus was on free markets, freedom of the individual, and getting governments out of the way. We need a shift to a new system that will allow us to meet the basic needs of every human on the planet, that will live within planetary means, that will be fairer, and that will be focused as its key goal, not on growth per se, but on maximizing human well-being. And history tells us that a value shift is triggered by creation of a new story about how we want to live. So this particular clip re reflects the world in general and the elitists trying to create this utopia, this perfect world of how everybody should live. Not how you want to live, but how the world says that you must live in an industrial, fourth industrial world based upon technology, those kind of things. And China is a great example. They're the primary start of what these people are talking about with the video cameras everywhere and the social capital. And every time you do something bad, you immediately drop down the list. Then you can't get on a train, you can't get on a plane, you can't do this because you're a bad person. And that's how this environment is being created. And the world in general is following that same pattern. So the next one I'm going to play for you is biological functionality. Again, the world thinks that they can change, adjust, make it better for a human being to live in the world. To a certain extent, I agree with that. But when you start messing with the DNA and the structure and the brain of a human being, God is not going to be happy about that. So take a listen to this biological functionality. I see the circular economy as something which fits very closely with mankind's goal to be innovative and creative and to always progress. We can use asset tracking, we can use IT, we can use 3D printing to enable this different economic model to recover materials, feed them back into the economy and really to decouple growth from the resource constraints we have. The reason we live in cities is not different today than it was 10,000 years ago. Even if we have got networks connecting us, we still want to have places where we meet in person. Well, this means the place where we work and the place where we live are much closer to each other, a city where we don't need to have big supply chains in order to produce things, where many things can be sourced locally thanks to 3D printing and robotics. So if we're able to do something to transform cities, to make them more efficient, then the impact can be huge. 
Think about the prospect of getting rid of plastics. We must not only be inspired or informed by nature, but actually use natural organisms with which to design products and building parts. Only instead of varying material properties, we're varying biological functionality. So at the end there, what she's talking about is changing human beings and the biological conceptual idea of being a human being. It's going to start with, you know, getting rid of plastics, but then it's going to lead to changing the human body to match what their utopia is. You got to read into this. You got to understand what these people are talking about. What they're saying is at some point, if you were born and you were disruptive, you're a piece of plastic or your DNA is not right, then they're going to throw you out like California did with the straws. That's, that's how simple this is. If you're a bad person based upon health or physical or DNA, you're not going to be allowed to be in this world. It's really that simple. So the last one I'm going to play for you is called Embedded in This World. And this is what these people are. They're godless, absolutely godless people. Nowhere in this whole video that these people talk about God or even use the word God because they are God. They're God of this world. And thus, they can change it. They can adjust it. They can make it like they want it to be just like they did in the Tower of Babel to take a listen to embedded in this world. We take two things from the patients. Um, first, we take a three-dimensional x-ray and we extract the three-dimensional data out of that so we can make a perfectly shaped puzzle piece. And then we also take a sample of fat tissue from the patient so that we can extract the stem cells out of those. And we use those stem cells with this three-dimensional scaffold that we fabricate. And after three weeks, we have a piece of living bone that's uh, ready for implantation. Being able to use genome editing to understand the genetic changes that lead to cancer and technologies like drug delivery, getting molecules into particular types of cells. There's a lot of excitement about being able to move much more quickly on this disease. One of the things that I think is so essential to free and open societies is freedom of thought. Um, and up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotions, um, we have to create a space that enables people to think freely, to think divergent thoughts, to think creative thoughts. And in a society where people fear having those thoughts, uh, the likelihood of being able to enjoy progress is significantly diminished. We need to take responsibility at every level of society, from the individual and the personal to the institutional to the global, to adapt to these technological challenges and changes, which are redefining what it means to be human, what it means to work, what it means to be completely embedded in this world. Redefining 
what it means to be a human being. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, earth people, elites. You cannot redefine what it means to be a human being because God has created us. And because we live in a fallen world, you're thinking in your mind that I can make the human being live better in this world. Yes, technology and science can help us to be more comfortable and replace hips, all that kind of stuff. I get all of that. But you can't redefine what it means to be a human being. You can't make us robots in this world of physical appearance because the heart and the soul is what a human being is. Instead of conquering and working towards increasing our soul towards our God, you're separating God, forgetting about the actual person and their soul and concentrating on the physical environment of their body and the world. This is exactly what God's word tells us that's going to happen. At some point, which we're very close to that, like I said, I don't predict anything, but technology, the internet, everything that we're seeing that is happening is setting up the world so the world will have one global leader. It's called the evil one. And at that point, in God's plan, in his choosing, it may be 10 years from now, it may be tomorrow, it may be 100 years from now, but at some point, he's going to say, enough is enough. A human being is what I created them to be and not what you want them to be. Thank you very much for sharing the podcast. Share it far and wide. I ask you to pray. Pray for our country. Pray for the world. Let God know that you understand that He and only He is in control of what's happening not the human beings that are trying to change this world. This is the Gunny out.